0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty, and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I am a dynasty freak. I love the NFL. Watch every game every week. Love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some dynasty. Oh, man, it's the start of uh, dynasty draft season, rookie draft season. It's kind of like Christmas that we get in May, right? Hopefully most of you guys are part of leagues that take this seriously and start doing their drafts shortly after the NFL draft. I know for myself, I've got uh, two drafts that start on Monday, another one that starts on Friday. Oh, so exciting. Eager uh, to be a part of it. And the coming podcast, starting uh, next week, I'll actually be reporting on how my drafts went and just give you an idea what I was thinking when I was going through my drafts so that if you haven't done yours yet, you can at least think about my thought process as I kind of break down the drafts that I was a part of. Um, kind of maybe giving some highlights of each different round. That's going to be fun to do. But before we do that, I thought this week, Uh, Last week, actually, I did my uh, top 24 players on the podcast, as well as my article. Just gave my uh, rookie rankings. I've kind of finalized my 2019 rookie draft board. Uh, Those have not changed this week, so I've got them pretty solidified. Might make another tweak this weekend on Saturday. Uh, But right now, um, they seem to have stayed right where I've had them so far. Um, So last week, I told you my top 24 Rookies, this time I thought what I'd do, instead of just giving you the next you know, next three rounds, third, fourth, and fifth rounds, um, what I thought I would do is actually take a look at the players that I'm going to be targeting in those third to fifth rounds, kind of the, you might call them sleepers, so to speak, and to do so, what I did is I went to the DLF rankings, and for the first time, I actually compared my rankings with another site's rankings. Um, it was kind of confirming. I felt pretty confirmed because my top 24 was really similar to the Dynasty League Football DLF a website. Uh, I love going to theirs just to compare because they have a, a number of um, people who do the rankings. and You get kind of an aggregate score of all of their rankings. And it was pretty confirming because I you know, had pretty much the same top 24 with the variances in the order. But I, what I noticed was uh, from pick number 25 to pick number 60, or in their case, they have their top 63 picks, there was quite a bit of difference on a few players. And so what I thought I would highlight today is the players that I have the biggest differences on in the later rounds, rounds three through five of rookie drafts, uh, based on my rankings compared to DLS. I know that a lot of our people in our leagues, what they do is they um, you know, pretty much just go to a website, something like DLF, and rank and draft based on their rankings, right? And so uh, one of the things that good dynasty owners do is they create their own rankings, and they see where there's differences between their rankings and DLS rankings or other websites' rankings, So they can kind of learn where there's going to be, um, maybe where they value someone above the others. And so they know which players maybe they can wait on, or maybe they know which players they need to grab earlier. And so these are some players that I think, given what I learned from DLF, finally looking at their rankings, that these are going to be players that I have a lot of shares of. Because I have these players ranked uh, pretty significantly higher than DLF. So in my leagues where I'm going into drafts with people who are using the DLF rankings or those like them, um, they're going to have these guys ranked below where I do. So I'm going to be taking up these guys in a lot of drafts. So let me give you my top 10 differences that I have with DLF in the rounds three through five, and um, the guys that I think I'm going to end up owning a lot of. So let's start uh, here at the top, my pick number 25. So I pick him as my first pick of the third round, uh, Darwin Thompson. Uh, they're running back now for Kansas City. He was the sixth round draft pick for them. I have a ranked number 25, while DLF has a ranked number 44. So pretty big difference, 19-spot difference. One of the reasons why I really love him, to be honest, I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot. Um, He's a Matt Waldman favorite. So if you have the rookie scouting portfolio or have listened to Matt Waldman on other podcasts, you know that he was super high on Darwin Thompson before he landed in Kansas City. Uh, I, I trust Matt a lot, guys that watch film way more than me. I take into account what they think, and he was super high on Darwin Thompson. Um, So were some of the other analysts that I follow, Uh, let alone the fact that he landed on a team whose scouts I I really, really trust. I've told you before, Kansas City is one of the teams that I love to get players that they get because they know what they're doing when it comes to their scouting department. I doubt that this will happen um, immediately, um, but I think that he could prove to be a better running back than uh, Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde by midseason. We know that Williams and Hyde are going to get the first crack at things. They didn't you know, invest a lot of capital in Darwin Thompson by being a six-round pick. But um, that said, it's also not the strongest backfield. It's, you know, We kind of all thought that they might be drafting a running back. We didn't know they would do so so late. But they must have had their eye on him. They took a stab on him, so I'm willing to take a stab on him too. I am a little concerned, and this name will come up later actually, about uh, Kansas City. Also, they brought in James Williams, the undrafted free agent, and uh, Thompson is a far better runner than Williams, but Williams is a far better receiver than Thompson, and so you'll hear later in in this podcast that I do have some concern because I also really like James Williams. All in all, Kansas City's backfield is pretty open, and I love to take a chance on Darwin Thompson, so I think I'm going to probably grab him uh, before others do. If DLF has him 44, meaning in the fourth round, I'm going to take him super early in the third. I'm going to grab him. Next player that I have ranked higher than DLF is uh, Raquel, Raquel, Raquel Armstead from uh, Jacksonville, fifth round pick. I have him ranked number 27, while, while DLF has him ranked 35th, so not a huge difference, but eight spots. Both of us have him in the second round of a 12-team draft, but I would take him early where they would take him late. Um, simply put, I think he'll be the top backup in Jacksonville. Behind, we know what we already know to be the off-injured Fournette. Um, that gives him a big bump, obviously, let alone the fact that the coaching staff have, have really seemed to kind of sour on Fournette as well. So Armstead, I believe, if he plays well, could really become the starter for Jacksonville next year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they move on, if Fournette keeps having injuries as well as kind of, you know, teammate slash character type of issues that they're ready to just move on from him. And I actually really loved uh, watching Raquel's um, tape I feel like he's the ideal size. He's really big. He's got great quickness. He runs super tough, and I I really like him a lot. I had him ranked a little bit higher than most already before the draft when he landed behind Fournette. It was a bit of a drag because you didn't think he was going to get the starting chance right away, let alone that he was drafted not until the fifth round. But still, all in all, I feel like he landed in a great spot where he's going to have opportunity um, behind Fournette. Third one, this one's a bit controversial, but my third player that I'm higher on the most is Bruce Anderson, running back for Tampa Bay. He was not drafted, so he's an undrafted free agent. But I still have him ranked 31st. So I still have him ranked in the third round here, uh, ranked 31st, while DLF has him ranked 60th. So huge discrepancy there for us, right? Obviously, there's a a big difference. Uh, Here's what it is for me, honestly. I have no confidence in Ronald Jones Um, I listened to a podcast this week from a uh, secondhand account that described Jones as before the season last year, smoking pot and eating cheeseburgers weeks or months before uh, the season started. And so this was the trainer that was reporting that. So given that that's uh, what the inside story is on Jones, um, I just downgrade guys a ton, let alone the fact that he couldn't do anything last year at all. I think people are putting a lot of false hope in Jones just because Tampa Bay didn't draft a running back and I think that Barber's already better than Jones right away and this Bruce Anderson guy man he has a chance to really come in and steal the show there Um, or at least become like their passing back because he's really good in the passing game he's from North Dakota State if you haven't heard of him Uh, so it's definitely a subdivision school so he's not known by many but he sure was known by the Tampa Bay staff who apparently uh, was quick to sign him as an undrafted free agent one of the first ones that they signed and um, he's great in the passing game. If you watch his uh, tape on YouTube, you'll see that he's also an incredible kickoff returner, which I always give a guy like a little extra, you know, like a little extra mark when they show that they're great in the return game because it just shows el- elusivity, speed, type of things that only returners can do really well. The fact is that I want to get him before others do. I have no idea if other people are going to be high on him or not. DLF has a ranked 60 live and 31st, so I have a feeling I'm going to be owning a lot of Bruce Anderson. My hope is that my buddy, uh, Josh, on one of my leagues, who's also a Tampa Bay homer and really knows a lot about uh, the smaller school um, players, does not jump up and take him ahead of me in my draft that starts on Monday. We'll see what happens. Next up, I have uh, Rodney Anderson, running back for Cincinnati, my fourth uh, player. He was a six-round pick for Cincinnati. I have him ranked 36, so basically the last pick of a third round, while DLF has him ranked um out of their top 63 I was really surprised by that he was unranked in their top 63 now here's the here's the here's the little caveat on this I think I would only make this move on teams where I knew I could hold him for at least a year so you've got to have a deep enough roster where you know that you're not expecting anything this year you're picking him up literally just to hold him for the whole year (laughs) I think that's what you have to do I think it'll take at least a year for him to challenge what became a very crowded backfield of course Joe Mixon as a star, you know, top twelve uh, running back already. Gio Bernard in the last year of his contract, and then they also drafted Travion Williams from Texas A&M. Um, so they've they crowded up their backfield for sure. But but what I th- what I'm thinking about here is at the end of the day, I'm willing to take a chance here. I mean, if you were to splice together all of his highlights, he would likely have been the first running back drafted in this draft. He would have gone ahead of Josh Jacobs if if he wouldn't have had uh, all the injuries that kind of kept him out of people's eyes um and rightly so at the end of the year uh for for OU last year Um, if he had a chance to show something at the end of the year like if he does start to get some playing time at the end of the year at Cincinnati and looks good I think they could easily move on from Bernard which would put him as the second kind of every down back I think Travion Williams there is just going to be the new passing down back next year and then Mixon only has one more year on his contract after that so uh, this is a really long-term play that Rodney Anderson hopefully shows something this year. Next year becomes the number two, but shows enough enough promise that they might be willing to move on um, from Mixon and keep Rodney Anderson under that cheap rookie contract. It's a stab, uh, but with this kind of weak class of, of players altogether, I'm definitely willing to take him in the third round. I would, I would go way before DLF does as far as drafting him outside their top 63. Next up, I actually have my fifth and sixth player together, I have Dawson Knox, the tight end from Buffalo, um, who was a third-round pick for Buffalo. Then I have Foster Moreau, tight end from Oakland, who was a fourth-round pick. So this is kind of similar with each of them. Just let me tell you real quick, for Knox, I have him ranked number 38, while DLF uh, has him ranked as 48. I have Moreau ranked as 39, so right behind Knox, while DLF has him ranked 55th. So here's the, here's, here's the thing on these guys. I'd take a chance on these guys in the fourth round. The fact is that both teams desperately needed tight end help, Buffalo and uh, Oakland. They, they both desperately need tight ends. We knew they were going to draft tight ends. Um, the thing I like about Knox and Moreau is they're both great in a blocking game and they have great character. I think that these are, these are players that are going to you know make, a, make an impact on the team, do what needs to be done to get playing time, and because they're great blockers, they're going to get a lot more playing time than, than if they were just kind of receiving-only type of tight ends. As with most most tight ends, it takes a lot of time for them to make a fantasy impact. So if I was really weak at tight end, and maybe I was unwilling to draft Hawkinson, Font, and Smith, um, which is my case in one of my leagues, or really two of my leagues, I'm pretty weak at tight end, but I'm just not sure I'm willing to draft Hawkinson, Font, or um, Smith that early. These are the type of guys that I'll target in the fourth round and kind of try to hold them uh, to give me just a little bit of depth and wait on them for a couple years. I think they could both be great players. Next player, we move on to uh, Cadre Ellison for running back for Atlanta, picked in the fifth round. I have him ranked number fifth, uh, 41st, while DLF has him ranked out of their top 63. So I'm definitely a lot higher on him than the DLF guys. Here's why. I've been super down on Devonta Freeman. If you've listened to my podcast the last year, you, you know that. Um, I love him. I, I loved him for years, but now I just see him as too injury-prone, and he's just past his prime. Like I sold... Um, all my shares of of Freeman last year. And then Edo Smith came in, and he was sufficient, like he he showed a little bit of promise, but truth is, he just didn't do enough. And he didn't do enough so much so that when Atlanta shows that they weren't confident enough in him, because they drafted another running back. Obviously they let uh, they let Coleman go um, to the 49ers and then Edo Smith was not enough for them just to believe in because they drafted this. And so teams speak with how they draft. And so I think they don't believe in Edo Smith. And wanted someone else. And the fact is that Quadre uh, is just really fun to watch. He's, he's not spectacular at anything um, in, in his uh, Pittsburgh days. But he's big. He's a really hard runner. And I believe that he's already better than Edo Smith. And so I like the backup in Atlanta uh, to be Cadre Al- Alton next year. Next player up uh, to draft late is Preston Williams, uh, wide receiver for Miami. He was an undrafted free agent, so he wasn't drafted but I still have him ranked number 43, while DLF again has him outside of their top 63 overall. He was the uh, only went undrafted because of some off-field concerns. Uh, he had some sort of a domestic uh, violence or some sort of uh, issue like that 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 made teams kind of step away from him. Otherwise, I'm sure that he would have been tra- drafted. Man, when I started watching all the receivers' uh, tape, he was one of my favorite to watch. Like, I moved him way up my board without knowing much about him before I even knew the stuff about his history or knew that he was um, – I think he was uh, a, a recruit for Tennessee. And then after Tennessee um, and the trouble that he got in, ended up at Colorado State. And he's just awesome. He's, he's incredible to watch. And I believe that Miami, of all places, was the perfect place to land because their wide receiver core is so suspect. They're just—they're just bad. Like anyone could beat them. Um, so I—I I feel confident in Steele's role, but I don't feel confident in anyone else in Miami. And think that Preston could really come in there and make a difference right away. If he takes advantage of this opportunity, um, he could really become a starter. I'm willing to draft him ahead of the other players uh, that were drafted. In the actual NFL draft, as will, you'll see from these next two guys, because now I'm landing firmly in the undrafted free agent pool and willing to draft guys that were not drafted in my rookie drafts. Last two that I'll mention, I uh, spoke about him earlier, is James Williams, uh, running back for Kansas City, again an undrafted free agent. I have him ranked 52nd, so at the end of the fifth, uh, start of the fifth round, while DLF has him unranked in their top 63. Again, I'll say it again. I, I just I trust Kansas City's scouting department, um, and the fact is, if you watched him, he was an incredible college pass catching specialist for sure. And I just love that uh, Andy Reid and Patrick McCombs, they are the perfect coach, the perfect quarterback to take advantage of his talents. Um, I feel like, you know, the way that they used Damian Williams at the end of the year, which was much more kind of in the passing game, the short screen game, and hands handoffs here and there, is exactly what they could do with James Williams. And so uh, he's the one that actually gives me a little bit of pause in saying uh, that I loved Darwin Thompson at number 25, like I already said, because uh, they drafted Thompson in the, in the sixth round, and they just were quick to get James Williams in as an undrafted free agent. So Williams was um, incredible in college and has the chance uh, to do the same. So put on some Washington State, Sta- Washington State film and see what you think about James Williams and you might be moving him up your draft board as well. Finally, uh, my tenth uh, guy that I would be targeting more than others in the third through fifth rounds would be Demaria Crockett. He's an undrafted free agent uh, running back that went to Houston. I have him ranked 59th, so the very very end of the fifth round of our 12-team leagues. Well, DLF again has him unranked in their top 63. Uh, Crock- Crockett was on fire early in his college career, but ended his career with a bit of a whimper, partly due to injuries. Um, he was like one of those guys that has that early breakout. Like when you break out when you're really early in your, in your college career, that, that really shows something. It's proven to be um, a factor that means you're going to have a better prospect in the NFL. Um, that said, he kind of struggled near the end of his years uh, there in Missouri. He landed um, at Houston, which I really love because Lamar Miller, you know, just keeps getting older even though he continually surprises us in his scoring ability. And Dante Freeman from uh, University of Texas has yet to prove that he can come back from his Achilles tear. He did well the last few games of the year, so showed some promise, but it's uncertain uh, whether he can really come back from that fully. I'll also add to the fact that, that Houston also signed Karan Higdon, another undrafted free agent contract. So they've got two running backs that they brought in as undrafted free agents, which to me means that they know that they need running back help. They assess Miller and they assess Freeman as not being enough in their backfield, and so they've brought in two uh, undrafted free agents, running backs, Higdon and Crockett, and I just like Crockett a lot more than I liked uh, Higdon's uh, film in college as well. I think he'd be worth picking up as a very, very late fifth-round stab. If not, you know, after your drafts are over, you pick him up as an undrafted free agent, so to speak, yourself in your league, so... That's going to do it for this week. I hope that you guys would take it, uh, take advantage of this help and consider these 10 guys late in your rounds. I know I'm going to be getting a lot of them because I have them ranked way ahead of where the DLF guys do. As always, uh, you can make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks.com or dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Be sure to check out my rookie rankings as you enter your drafts, and I would love to be a part of your uh, rookie drafts too if you're having a slow draft and I have time to email me between your picks and help me. let me help you decide on who to pick. Aside from my rankings, you can obviously look at the rankings, but if you have different team needs and just want to say, who should I draft given this is my team need and this is where my team is, I'd love to chat with you uh, over email uh, as you're making your picks and your rookie drafts. Well, that's it for this week. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks Podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks@gmail.com at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin.